Malik back after my one week absence, but some familiar faces from last week, some familiar faces on the air as well. Uh, it's Matt McHugh and Henry Demore. How you guys doing on this uh, Thursday? Wonderful. Good. Love to be back here on the yeah. baseball podcast. Um, I was a little worried I wouldn't be on the baseball <laughs> podcast, but then as fate would have it, I am back for more baseball talk. Yeah. No, life's good. I, uh, I, uh, I'm, I'm done. With, I took a final this morning. Wow. Um, yeah, I've got another yeah. one tomorrow morning. That's what I was going to say is that it's week nine. I'm sure a lot of members at our station are, you know, just drowning in finals. But I knew I could count on you two. Henry, of in course. between finals. Of course. Couldn't stay away. Oh, yeah. Well, to, to, be, to be fair, <laughs> my next final is in a language that I speak. Uh, oh, Portuguese. My Portuguese yeah, final. Yeah, there you <laughs> go. So uh, no, no excuses regardless. Um, Great. But I digress. No, happy to be back here. Ready to talk some Northwestern baseball. Um, a little bit of a slow point of the season just because the UIC game they had on Tuesday was canceled. So we're going back to talk about that four-game series against Texas. And then just two games this weekend uh, against some small schools, Mac Murray and Johnson. We'll have the lowdown for you later in the show. Uh, but let's start with Texas. Uh, a weird series because Texas was ranked number 23 coming in. Still are. Still are ranked. And Northwestern won the first game of the series in Pretty much, I think, is the best game of the Spencer Allen era, unless you you can go maybe to the Big Ten tournament other than that. Yeah. But mm-hmm. really a hallmark win. Absolutely. No doubt about it. Uh, 6-2 over Texas, just kind of through and through. Northwestern was, was a better team. They outplayed them. Uh, it wasn't a kind of a cheap win. It wasn't one where like a couple things had to break their way in order to do it. They just, beginning to end, outplayed Texas. Now, there's a caveat here. Texas didn't have their normal Friday night guy yeah. going. He pitched on Saturday. Nolan Kingham, um, because he pitched in the midweek game, they wanted to give him an extra day of rest. Whatever. Northwestern didn't have their Friday guy either, because Hank Christie, who had been the Friday guy to start the year, got pushed to Saturday. But a great start from Quinn Lavelle, got the job done, pitched into the fifth inning, and then the real story of the day with the senior bullpen. Richard Forden, Tommy Bordignon, four and two-thirds innings, a shutout ball. That's something that was just got to feel really good for those guys who went through their struggles last year, now senior leaders in the bullpen, and Man, they came through in a huge spot, and I, th- I got to agree with what you said. The biggest win in Spencer Allen era. No, I think so. And like you said, it is good to see guys that have struggled with, uh, especially things like command in the past, because that's yeah. one of those things that you, 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 you don't have this kind of holding your breath moment of, okay, Lavelle put in you know four and a third inning, gave up one earned run, five walks, two strikeouts. He was solid. That's exactly what you need out of a guy like Lavelle, again, especially against a potent Texas lineup. Um and you don't hold your breath anymore. It's, I think Tommy Bordignon, especially especially how up and down his season was last year, um, it was good for him to get a long relief appearance here because we he, he bounced in and out of a starter's role last year. So we know he has uh, the ability to go more than an inning, an inning or two, so it's good to see him get some of that longevity back. And five strikeouts, no walks across yeah. the innings. He was, I mean, he was out he, of his mind. He pretty much threw a perfect relief. It was perfect. Yeah. It was perfect. Did not nine, nine yeah. batters, yep. uh, face nine batters. So... He was awesome, and you'll always hear from us and from, you know, this coaching staff is that Tommy's always had the stuff. It's a question of can he control it, can he, you know, go, you know, more than an inning or two, and he he clearly showed that. And the the thing for him is if he can keep repeating this, he will be, you know, one of the best relievers in the Big Ten, I think. Now, it's it's early, but this is a really good sign for him. And then Rich Forden as well um, came into a bit of a jam, got out of it, really navigated that, that situation well. You know, hard-throwing lefty out of the pen. Has had his struggles last few years, but this is a clear sign of encouragement. And, you know, 
we'll talk about the rest of the pitching staff. A lot of question marks. If you can start kind of with some senior arms that are reliable, that's that's a good start. Right, and with with Richard Forden, that's a guy who I, I thought, if you were listening to the broadcast, I kept mentioning, look, I think he's coming in just for a batter or two yeah, here. Yeah, he's, he's a lefty a situational, situational. Yeah, exactly. He's just in to get a couple lefties out, but then he proved on Friday, he proved that he could be much more than that, and that's something to watch going forward. Will Richard Forden be uh, more than just a situational lefty for this team? Will he be someone who they can rely on for a couple innings here or there, especially in a big spot like this Texas game. Well, it's also encouraging because it gives you one or two guys you can throw out there because last year that was just Sam Lawrence. Right. He was yeah, your lefty specialist. Yeah, they and didn't have a lefty. <laughs> no, and he's had one appearance this year, and it didn't even go uh, totally his way against Kansas. Okay, a third of an inning, two earned runs, you, you can bounce back from that, obviously, but and it's a very small sample size, but it gives you a couple more options in the pen, right? And, um, you know, if one guy's not having his day, you have a couple more options. Um but I, I just like seeing Rich Forden turn it around. It's really encouraging to see, especially as a senior. Um, <clears throat> this senior class, the last class that knew anyone other than Spencer Allen at the helm. Um, and I've seen this program kind of come into its own and stepped up into these leadership roles that, um, you know, they've been through uh, quite the transition themselves. But uh, I love seeing Rich, uh, Rich put in work, and like you said, for more than a batter at a time. It's, it's, it's yeah. fun to watch. And one thing that I talked about with Spence this week is kind of figuring out their bullpen, you know, lineups kind of because they would they they like to group it. They go a starter and two guys out of the pen for right. every game. That's the, that's their how they're going to approach the Big Ten series. So I I don't know. What do you guys think is kind of going to be that look? We know that um, Rich Ford and Tommy maybe that they're always the Friday guys out of the pen. Last year the way it kind of worked is that you always saw Pete Hoffman on Friday. You'd see Sam Lawrence on Saturday or Sunday. And see Levy in another game, and those would always be your first guys out of the pen. There are a lot of question marks, and maybe this is a bigger discussion we can have right now. You know, who's stepping up to claim those other roles? Obviously, you want Sam Lawrence to be one of those guys. It looks like Levy has that, maybe that other day kind of locked up, but those two also haven't been great to start the season. Right, and that's something that uh, pitching coach Josh Reynolds tossed out the idea this weekend. He was talking with me about that. I asked him, How nailed down are these roles in the bullpen right now? He said, Wide open. Everything is wide open for these guys to step up and earn these roles before conference play, ideally, is when they start to lock things down a little bit more. So, yeah, everyone's getting an opportunity right now. If you're on the roster and you're healthy, you're going to be getting some innings, probably this weekend against those two D3 teams, probably in the next weekend against Central Michigan. These are great opportunities for, I think, almost everyone's going to get at least another outing on the mound. If you want to earn some high-leverage innings in conference play, now is the time because it's still pretty wide open. Yeah, I don't have anything to add to that. Yeah. Like, like you said, that's what non, that's what non-con is for, right? It might be like you said that they group them and end up doing that, but um, who knows? And it, might, and it might even be that in conference play they try out different groupings. Like right. it's very much like okay, like you know, how does one guy depending feed on the, the lineups also or, the exactly. other teams are throwing out? No, exactly. Um, but that's what the non-con's for, right? And you know, obviously there are shifted perspectives when you play a team like Texas, and we talked about how good this first win, this win in game one was, um, just for the program for Spencer Allen in general. But um, you know, I think I think Northwestern isn't. Especially the coaching staff isn't oblivious to the shifted expectations here in Noncon. Yeah, offensively for Northwestern, we haven't even talked about it yet. Uh, obviously, David Dunn is just the story of this young season so far. The first year was four for four with a triple. Uh, you know, he's he's just really good at getting on base, and you know, he's he's kind of a streaky, hot-headed kind of player, but. It was going for him, Matt. I know you watched it. Yeah, it was fun to watch. He's a, he's a fun guy to watch. Uh, much like his brother, Jack, he's got really good speed. Uh, he's not afraid to take a base. He's not afraid to take an extra base uh, once he gets one down. And He's just got really good bat-to-ball skills. He's got a good eye for the zone, especially as a first-year who's only played 
10 games right now. So those, those are something that normally takes a little bit more time, is just trying to get uh, comfortable understanding a college zone, um, just wa- seeing college stuff come at you. He's had some, some hard throwers to deal yeah. with in these first few weeks uh, against Kansas and Texas, and he's handled it really well so far. Average sitting at 324 on the air right now through 10 games. Pretty good. I'll take it from David Duck. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the other one, Jack Kelly, you know, got his first career hit, but it was a big one. Uh, yeah. Two RBI double, so good to see him get on the board as well. And then Willie Bourbon scored two runs, obviously didn't get a hit in this game, but had a walk, you know, got on base another way and scored. We'll talk about him in a sec, you know. He's, I think, is the other big story of the season so far. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, the, he burst onto the scene in um, – Really, I think in that Kansas series when he realized, oh, wait, okay, it looks like he turned a corner because it was his offense that kept him out of the starting lineup. As a first baseman, I can't, you can't speak highly enough of him. He um, uses all of his um, all of his frame, and he, he, he scoops balls really well. He's just a really good defensive first baseman. But you can see even, and, and uh, Sam Brief, who was my broadcast partner for the Kansas series, he mentioned this, like, and I didn't even really notice it, but uh, Sam Beckett, he's like, he's like, Dude, Willie like bulked up. Like his yeah. upper body just looks yeah. way bigger, right? Yeah. But it's showing. And the, and and there there is a fine art to something like baseball where you got to get stronger with such a like a mechanically like weird game. You got to work on a very specific way. So I think even credit the coaching staff for like implementing a college level strength conditioning program where it's like okay, we're actually like throw you in the weight room and just be like, all right, go for it. Um, it seems like he has fig- he has been able to couple just getting stronger with. Good mechanics. I mean, his average last year after after forty six games was sitting at a buck sixty four. There yeah. was no corner to return for Willie Bourbon, but he's hitting balls consistently. It's all parts of the ballpark and with some power. Yeah, and you know, having you know that big bat in the middle of your lineup, kind of taking over the cleanup spot. I think you know Spencer Allen talked about this, but if they can get Alex Arrow and, and Connor Lynn going as well around him, it'll be a really formidable part to get through. And maybe even we see David Dunn up there. Who knows what that'll look like? But it's the lineup is coming along. You know. Obviously, game three and four didn't go great, but I, I feel really confident about heading into Big Ten play that they can manufacture some runs. Right, and one more point I have on Willie Bourbon is, remember that he was batting cleanup to start the season, even before he got hot, and that just shows that Spencer Allen believed in his power. He showed some flashes last year. He showed it in batting practice a couple times, and he said, I think Willie's got the bat to be a cleanup hitter. And I mean, so far, Willie has proved him right and more. I'm not even sure... Anyone on the team saw this kind of production coming this early in the season from Willie. So credit Spencer Allen there for even against in those first games against Nebraska Omaha, batting Willie Bourbon in the middle of the lineup because he's deserved it. Yeah, uh, I think we can move on to game two. This one was a really tight one for Northwestern. I know the weather kind of definitely played a, a role in the later parts of this game, but Northwestern had a lead early in this game, three-two after uh, a Jack Dunn double and a Willie Bourbon home run. Uh, and it was off of a pretty good pitcher, too. Yeah, yeah, they got Nolan Kingham on Saturday. So Nolan Kingham's probably going to be a, a day a day one or two draft pick. Um, he's just a, a consistent workhorse, first team All-Big 12, that kind of reputation. Um, and Northwestern got him a little bit. It was still a solid start for Nolan Kingham, but he did not look like a shutdown ace uh, against Northwestern. And considering that's probably going to be the best pitcher they face this year, that's got to be a pretty good feeling for Northwestern, knowing that they can get a couple runs off pretty much anybody. If you can think, if you think if you can get a couple off of Nolan Kingham, you probably got a good chance to get him off really anybody you're going to face this year. So I think that's really good for their confidence going forward when they get into conference play, even before that, really. Um, just knowing that, yeah, if, if we can score off of this guy, the Friday night guy for ranked Texas, one of the best pitchers in one of the best conferences in all of baseball, 
we can really make some make some noise in this conference. Yeah. No, and, and that was something that uh, when we were uh, uh, during the Kansas trip, we got off the got off the bus stop. We were talking to uh, uh, we we're talking to Dusty Napoleon, one of the other assistant coaches for Northwestern, and <clears throat> that's what he said. He said, "Look, like they're not going to see better arms than these guys." Yeah, Jackson Goddard. Yeah, I got Goddard and um and a. Uh, so uh, I'm not gonna Zephyr John, Zephyr John the dude throwing ninety eight. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There's, there's, a, there's a guy named uh, Zikafus in the Northwoods League this summer, so I was getting too confused. But uh, but Zephyr John, no, but like he he, he pumps ninety eight like accurately, right? I mean that, that's not easy to hit. Um, but even Northwestern, they you know okay they didn't make Zephyr John hurt, but they got to Goddard, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and they put they kept themselves in that game, but um. But no, it's it's really encouraging to see, and like you said, they've been able to manufacture runs as well, playing around defenses, and they've shown a lot of aggression because, especially in the non-con, why not, right? Find out what your limits are, and then they've got speed all over this lineup. Yes, a lot more top-heavy between, like you said, Jack, or, uh, David Dunn, like you mentioned, right? He's flying around there in center field, losing his hat every other fly ball. Yeah. But, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but Ben Dickey in the leadoff spot has been nice. Arrow, uh, Alex Arrow always finds a way to get on base at least once per game. He puts himself in a good position to score. Um, but the, the 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 top five of this lineup is has shown that it can work as a cohesive unit. And I think you have to take even these results against Texas with a grain of salt, right? Especially yeah. the last two games, which you haven't really touched on yet. But I think that there's not going to be a ton to talk about there. Yeah. Is you know okay, the offense you know becomes stagnant these last two games. I don't know how much you read into that. Yeah, I think the frustrating thing is that okay, Texas took back the lead at four three. It was close. But Northwestern had one of those innings that we're all really familiar with. It wasn't full-blown like two years ago, three years ago, Northwestern makes a total mess of a game. But it put the game in a much harder position. You know, they're down 3-4, and then all of a second it's 8-3 after just... You know, some some sloppy baseball and some pitching that didn't work out. Yeah, and the defense the defense got to them a little bit that inning too. Um, yeah. I think that's kind of the backbone of this team. At the backbone of a lot of teams in college baseball, if the defense falls apart in an inning, you can just see things spiral because you have more inexperienced pitchers who don't like pitching with guys on base, don't like pitching in longer innings, and if the defense lets you down in an inning like that sixth inning did, then things just spiral downhill so fast. Yeah, the throwing error on that bunt play really kind yeah. of messed it up. And Northwestern, credit to them, came back a little bit in this one, made it interesting. Leo Kaplan, uh, you know, had a, had some RBIs. It was good to see him get it going as well in the bottom half of the lineup. He was really strong. Um, I think it'll be a frustrating loss for Northwestern, especially because if they win two, you know, everything is totally different about mm-hmm. those second two games. But didn't go that way. Credit to Texas, who, you know, took advantage of Northwestern's mistakes and, and put, on, put their foot on the gas pedal. Last two games of this series, not a lot to write home about. Think, mm. you know, headspace and also tiredness. I don't know. You can make whatever excuses you want. Northwestern didn't really show up to play. No, they didn't. I think the, the, the thing that I'm going to think makes the most sense for that is that Northwestern maybe was a little too confident from their first win in this series, and then those last couple games humbled them a little bit more. Um, because the first thing you have to do when you beat Texas a ranked team is you can't act like you just won the World Series. You have to act like you've been there before, and that's something that Northwestern had some problems with. It's not it's not a situation they're used to being in. Um, and I guess overall this is, is kind of a silly complaint because I'm critiquing the fact that they won a game and then yeah. acted like too excited about it, which is, is better than where this program was a couple of years ago. But still, that being said, if you want to take this program to the next level, you got to act like you've been there before when you get the job done. Um, and then you can't let the, the door fall out from under you. And Texas, 
you knew they were going to come back and respond, and <laughs> they responded pretty loudly against Northwestern in those last couple games. Yeah, I think it's I think it's it's all stuff that you said. It's that's the difference between a good and a great program, right? Northwestern has you know they come into these games. You know, obviously you don't even against these Big Twelve teams. There's no game that they don't think is out of their reach, which I think, like you said, is way different than where they were a couple of years ago. But that's a huge, huge step in the right direction. And, um, you know, you, you take it to a Big 12 team in, a, in the opener, like, you catch them off guard. Uh, but Northwestern, this it's weird, this might be one of the last few times that they catch a team like Texas off guard because they're on they're on notice now. Yeah, you know, you win a game at Kansas, you know, after last year, you win yeah. a game against a ranked team. You know, next year, you know, Spencer Allen's going to schedule some tough teams, but they're not going to be sleeping on Northwestern by the no. time the Wildcats show up. So it'll be interesting, you know, they have kind of one big series left non-conference is that Central Michigan series. Uh, that'll be interesting barometer. We'll definitely talk about that next week. Last kind of thing I want to focus on here from Texas uh, is the starting pitching, which is the other pitching second half of the problem. We talked about the bullpen. You know, Spencer Allen said to me in the interview, which, again, you'll, you'll hear later, is that, He's thinking about moving Jack Pagliarini, the freshman, into the lineup. We don't know who he's going to take out. I know Danny Katz pitched really well against Omaha in his start, but hasn't been great for him the last two outings. Ryan Bader maybe is a more bullpen role. How do you find three good starters for for um, yeah. for Big Ten series? And obviously you have Hank and Quinn Lavelle, but third one totally up for grabs. Right, and Pags looked good in a couple. He got a couple appearances in Texas. Um and he was a little inconsistent at times, but but overall he he went on the mound with confidence, and that's kind of what you want to see at this point. Um, and he was throwing strikes; those are the two things that you're you're looking for he in was, a guy. I, I saw him at uh, Nebraska Omaha. And he was he was good there. Yeah. So you want a guy who's yeah he struck out six in that game yeah. <laughs> against Nebraska Omaha. So um, you want a guy who's throwing strikes, and you want a guy, especially if you're going to use a first year pitcher in this weekend rotation, you want a guy who feels comfortable and confident on the mound. And Pagliarini showed both of those traits. Uh, early in this season so yeah green light go for it see what he can do in a starting role right now because still like i said earlier things are going to be fluctuating at this point in the year and now you've got the opposite problem this weekend with teams like matt murray and mac murray and judson coming to town you see okay who's you know who given an opportunity uh, you know because i wouldn't be in theory one of these games should end up very much in the bag halfway through the game for like, yeah you would think yeah. right yeah and so then you have the opposite problem right you're playing you know garbage time baseball if you will to see who's going to get up there and flex their stuff, right? Who's going to come in and, you know, yes, high leverage, but also just low leverage situations where it's like, look. Just you, take care of business. Yeah, you throw strikes, you're going to be fine, right? Which sometimes it's not that easy. Yeah. yeah the, the, We've seen that before. It's too. kind of the mental side of it. Just you got to show up this yeah. weekend. You no, can't yeah, take absolutely. these two teams lightly. And even if the games are scoreline out of hand, it means a lot for some of the roles going forward because we know, we've been saying, rotation up for grabs, bullpen spots up for grabs. I think some names to watch going forward – Again, I mentioned Josh Levy a bit because I think he's, he's a good guy that could be a starter potentially. Matt Gannon started a lot of Sundays last yeah. year. Um, hasn't really had a great start to the season. Big, lanky lefty. Not sure he made that development on his velocity that maybe we want in the offseason. But again, a lot of season left for him. and He's a guy that started some big moments last year. I mean, started the Big Ten title game. Maybe he's a name that can turn it around too. So I, I don't know if you get any other ideas for who might take a starter spot. Uh, well, Charlie Bourbon came in. We haven't seen him much at all, yeah, but he came he in for a scoreless inning at the end of that game. Um, he so I mean you got to think he's 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 in the mix because he's an arm at this point, and that's <laughs> that's really the situation with the Northwestern pitching staff is if you're a healthy arm, you're and you're throwing strikes, mm-hmm. you're in the mix to start. You're, you're going to be okay. Come Big Ten play. Um, 
which is good. I think some some healthy competition between the teammates for those spots is good. Um, but you'd like to get those roles kind of closer to nailed down sooner rather than later, and hopefully this weekend gives them an opportunity to draw a couple more conclusions, get closer to that. Yeah, I'm excited to see, just kind of wrap up here on the, on the pitching side of things, I'm excited to see if Matt Gannon can bounce back, because even though the scoreline wasn't too friendly from him from Texas, one, unfortunately, uh, four earned runs uh, across across four innings against a team like Texas is a huge improvement from his outing against Omaha, which was very forgettable. But also, he did strike out four. He didn't walk anybody. Uh, yeah. And, or rather, no, that's not true. I was looking at the wrong number. He okay. He walked four. Fine. Control a little out, a lot, a little out of there. But he struck out four. So I mean, that's a step in the right direction. But we know he has the stuff, like you said. And that start against in the Big Ten title game. One, I mean, you you well, were there. One, and he was. It was on a reason why he didn't short rest. There's a no. The, the reason why he didn't pitch all week is that he was ill. Yeah. yeah oh, really? So so he he was not a hundred percent to go. For that game, that's kind of why they've been using him. They just needed someone. And they needed someone so to start. Games. And um, Iowa, some big, some big ready bats. He, if you remember back to watching that game with Sam, is that he did not want to throw over the inside of the plate, so he kept everything on the outside, walked a few batters, and then finally threw inside. And his velocity was down, I think, eight miles an hour from his usual stuff. I think his usual fastball is like 85, 86, pretty, mm-hmm. pretty normal. Was not hitting that and. They literally needed an arm, and they were hoping maybe we could just get to the bullpen, see what happens. But I was too good of a team to do that against. And I that start was not indicative to any of his potential. Right. Yeah, he, that's a tough he had a, he had a pretty good run down the back half of Big Ten play when Northwestern was yeah. was kind of competitive. You know, not not as good as you know Hank was during that run, or obviously Cooper Weatherby last year. But he was a serviceable Sunday starter. Right, and as a first year, it's a lot you can ask for a guy like that. Um, you can't ask him to do a lot more. Uh, than be a serviceable Sunday starter. But right now, you'd like to see him take that next step. He did so by soaking up those innings. I think that was that was big from that outing. I think he went four-plus. Uh, and it, that's a tough, it was a tough spot to pitch into because the morale, all the it, it, competitive juice kind of gets sucked out of you when you fall down sure, 11 nothing yeah. in three innings. Um, but someone's got to pitch those innings. Someone's got to eat yeah. those up and save the bullpen for the next game. So... Credit Matt Gannon for doing yeah, that. For sure. That wraps it up here for the Texas Talk. Again, no UIC game on Tuesday, so we didn't have to talk about that. They still have, we'll see the Flames twice this season. Flames are a good baseball team, so that'll be really fun when they, when they get to see them again. So now two games this weekend because it's reading week upcoming for Northwestern. No three, no, no two intensive opponents. And I think we're all in agreement that these are games Northwestern should really not have any worries about. Um, but who knows? Mac Murray, a D3 school um, in Jacksonville, Illinois. Really small program. Uh, not having a great start to this season. I have their ranking summaries. We can get into those later, as I love to How do. do they have ranking They that's have a D3 say, ranking I, I'm summary. I'm impressed, Amit. I'm impressed. Unfortunately for Judson, an NAIA school, no ranking summaries. I really don't know anything about the Judson Eagles, <laughs> other than I know about their manager from Matt. Yeah, Chad um, Gassman. I don't know, guys. Just give me all you can tell me that will be really important to know ahead of these two games because I am thirsting for information about these two teams. One, don't lose. Don't <laughs> lose these games this weekend. That's it. That's all. That's all I got. That's all. That's it? That's it. Don't lose. Don't lose these yeah, games. So these are D3 teams. Mac Murray is... For the decency of the program, this is something you really want to avoid. And think about this this way, too, is that both of these teams, this is the only yeah. D1 team that they play all year, is their trip to Northwestern this weekend. So... They're going to get up. They're going to get up for this game. Imagine if you're playing at a D3 school, one of these D3 schools in Illinois, and you get to go play a Big Ten team on the road. 
Yeah. That's going to be one of your biggest games on your schedule. Mm-hmm. I'd be fired it's up a for playoff that. game for that. Yeah, so yeah. you got to you got to know that going in and you got to try to match that intensity, which is tough, but you got to do it. This is a game oh, yeah. you need well, to win. But like they, you said, they're playing with absolutely nothing to lose. Yeah. Right? yeah. Every, the, the expectation on paper is they're going to go in there and get smacked around and then have a long bus ride back to Jacksonville, Illinois. Yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, and, then Judson, <laughs> and then Judson back to Elgin, respectively, which is a couple hours. But, um, no, I mean, this is <clears throat> this is a, a take-care-of-business kind of game. This kind of, uh, especially with a, pr- a program like Northwestern, that, okay, you, you know, this... This is they're on they're on the up and up, and so the flip side of being competitive against really good teams is taking care of business against teams that have no business being in the same ballpark as you. Yeah, Mac Murray is two and six this year as a D three team. Uh, they lost. They beat Lawrence University, who is a, a D one fencing program. Bet you didn't know that. <laughs> nope, did not. Um, Absolutely right. <laughs> and other silly tidbits that don't matter. Um, <laughs> let's go check out their ranking summaries. There are three hundred thirty or so ranked D three teams in these summaries. Um, he means like that, that, wait, have, they, stats. They, they that have stats. Oh, yeah. okay, yeah, okay. That have stats. That have stats that can be ranked. Uh, Judson is not so not Judson. This is Mac Murray again. It's not very good in many of these stats. No, it's, that's their rough. slugging percentage is three hundred fifteenth in the country among D three um, teams. Yeah, their fielding okay. percentage is three hundredth in the yeah. country. Their ERA is two hundred ninety third in the country. Keep in mind, again, these are of D three teams. So if you're if you're not picking up the theme here, I'll tell it to you is that these are some really bad numbers at a bad level. They got some cool names on their roster. Yeah, Dargenton Todd, uh, Clayton Wearies. Uh, yeah, there's a couple. There's a couple good ones. Um, but yeah, that's that's all. That's pretty much all I got on the uh, the analysis here. Peyton yeah. Overturf. It's pretty good. It's a good. It's a good sports. Yeah, name. we'll see. If, sports we'll name. see if yeah. Darren uh, Zaslow and R11, our broadcaster for Saturday, can. Work some really silly turf pun. Wyatt Logsdon, the Midwestern. Yeah, oh, he's very from, Midwestern. Oh no, name. he's from Virginia, Illinois. Plot twist. Yeah. yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So I don't know. <laughs> if you want some names of something, last year they had a dude named Brett Mamenga who's back. Hit three ninety in thirty four games. Good. Slugged okay. five fifty three. Hey. Uh, that hey, good for you. We'll <laughs> see if he can hurt the Northwestern pitching. Uh, moving on to Judson. Great. A little bit harder because NAIA, there's not really a stat organization to keep all those numbers. Yeah, and they're 7-8 and eight this year. Again, like McMurray, this is the only D1 team they're going to play in Northwestern. I don't really know what to say about these guys. Yeah, that's the thing. There's The sneaky thing about college baseball is that there's a decent amount of NAIA talent. Sometimes you just have to look somewhere to find it. But time and time again, you go to major programs and you see... Bam! Transfer from this whatever yeah. community college or something, and that that happens all the time. Uh, so that's where college baseball kind of splits away from other college sports in that there's a lot of talent that ends up at these NIIA schools to start, and then moves on to to bigger and better things uh, like D1 <coughs> programs. But yeah. still, that being said, I'm gonna revert to my point one for this weekend, which is <laughs> don't lose these games. Yeah. Uh, because they're it's it's still an still not a Division One team. These are games you have to win if you want your program to be taken seriously. Yep. No, Judson, they, they, they come in hot. They've won six of their last eight games. Uh, they, they turned around a 1-6 a February, and I'll set it 7-8 on the year. But like you said, the only D1 school, the what I've been doing while you've been talking, Matt, is looking at to see, like you said, are there any names, not even D1 names, names I recognize Yeah. Um, on any of these schedules. Uh, the answers are resounding no except for Robert Morris. I don't even know if that, that's... It's the different that, Robert Morris. Exactly. Yeah. There's a good to fair chance that's not the same Robert Morris. <laughs> I recognize um, all of that Nazarene. They're another NAIA school. 
um, in Kankakee, Illinois. Great. Oh, trust Kankakee. Uh, reason why I know them and fencing is no, 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 no. Is because oh, they guess. were in the airport where uh, my good friend Austin Mill and I were traveling to UCLA for women's soccer. Great. And we said, "What logo is that? We need to figure it out." <laughs> it took us an hour. <laughs> we figured out is all of it Nazarene. The only other thing you should know about Kankakee, Illinois, is that its number one attraction is the Arby's at the food stop there. Wow. I yeah. <laughs> Were, were, did you and I both? Eat yeah, there yeah, we yeah. both were there. Yeah. Okay. So there you have it. Sorry if anyone listening is from Kankakee. We love your town. It's a good. Is it a good Arby's? Arby's. Hey, yeah, it's hey, great. That, that, that was a heck of a meal for less than five dollars. Yeah, that's Woo! great. They fly Eagles, fly uh, Judson Eagles. Um, anything else to add here? I think. You know, it's going to be very disappointing if Northwestern doesn't win these two right. games and wins them pretty handily. Now, I mentioned Chad Gassman. He's a manager on the Cape League uh, this summer, which is a kind of a college all-star league for summer ball. Um, so that's pretty good. He's had some experience with good talent out there with the Hyannis Harbor Hawks. Um, but this is it, 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 there's, you can only do so much with the talent you have. Uh, so Chad's got his work cut out for him with Judson. <laughs> Who yeah. knows? Um, both games at 2 p.m. this weekend. As I mentioned, Darren Zaslow and R11 on the call on Saturday. Uh, I will be making my first call this year with Andrew Fenisha, who will also be making his first baseball call on Sunday at 2 p.m. So if you're not too busy with finals or you're just looking to spend some good time on the weekend listening to college baseball, uh, tune in to the Miller Park opening of the season. I guess mm-hmm. that's the only other notable thing about this weekend. Um, any last thoughts, guys? It's been a lot of fun for this podcast. Yeah, no, yeah. just go out there, win these games this weekend, get a little, get get into a little groove. Hopefully, figure out a little bit more about who starting pitching yeah. roles, and then get ready for Central Michigan the weekend yeah. after. We'll yeah. be back here next week to report on whatever happens this weekend. <laughs> That'll be fun. Um, <laughs> hoping it's a good one. Who knows? Uh, thanks a lot to Matt McHugh and Henry Demore for coming on. I'm Matt Malik. This has been another episode of Rounding the Bases, and now we have our weekly interview with Spencer Allen. Hi, I'm Amit Malik of WNR Sports here with Spencer Allen, head coach of Northwestern Baseball, for another one of our weekly interviews. Thanks to Matt McHugh for doing that last week. He was also there in Texas. And uh, coach, how you just how's the team feeling after you know four game series in Texas? You guys won one, which was very good, and then a really close one on, on game two, and then three and four maybe didn't go your way. Yeah, you know, f- feeling okay. I mean, I, I think obviously you'd like to win another game or two, um, but really just trying to, to evaluate. I, I think we had an opportunity to to see pretty much everyone on the squad uh, go out there and, and uh, compete. And, um, you know, it, we, we learned a lot. There's no doubt about it. Been pretty candid in other talks that just this team's not afraid of scheduling, you know, really tough teams. You look back kind of uh, at three non-conference series, especially Kansas and Texas, how do you feel that your team – what do you feel your team learned from those series? And obviously you said you're not afraid to keep doing that going forward. Yeah, no, I, I think, you know, having the opportunity, I mean, really just going to experience everything um, out at, at Kansas and out at Texas, it, it just it's, – it's outstanding, you know, for, for our guys, for the, for the club, um, seeing that, that caliber of pitching, seeing those – uh, you know the the, the hitters, the, the level of hitters, uh, as well as def- uh, defenders. Uh, it, it's just really good. And then playing in an atmosphere. You know, we, we had Friday night was was fun. Um, there was close 3,500, 4,000 fans there. Um, and, you know, and when they scored or made a big play, the the place erupted. And uh, I think just learning how to really play in that environment is invaluable for for our guys. Let's talk about that Friday game. You know, you kind of the way you, you building this ball club last few years, this feels like one of your signature wins. I know it's early in the season and maybe doesn't 
have that much weight towards the final standings, but certainly kind of a trademark kind of win for your guys and starting with some really good bullpen performances, a lot of guys getting on base. You know, what were your thoughts on a, a, a solid win? Yeah, you know, I, I, I think, um, you know, first off, Quinn Lavelle, that's, you know, three starts in a row where he's at least he, – he's shown some consistency, and, and, and that's that's what we're looking for. Um, you know, we, we the, the bottom part of the lineup, um, you know, David Dunn had an outstanding game. Uh, Jack Kelly, I mean, he, he getting that hit to, to make it 3-1 uh, in, in the nine hole there, I mean, he just – he absolutely uh, smoked the ball. Uh, and at night when the ball was not carrying, I mean, he, he – that ball really hard uh, which allowed us to when, when you get a lead in, in the middle innings there uh, that that allowed us to uh, you know really play with a little bit more confidence and then what Rich Forden and Tommy Bordion did um, that was just that was special and hopefully that that's for us uh, one of the, the the biggest positives coming out of this weekend two of your senior leaders guys that didn't have their best years last year but clearly have the stuff to come in and, and really light it up out of the bullpen you know, you said you want to see more from that. How can they kind of keep that going? Well, I, I think starting with Tommy, and, and Tommy would be the first to admit this, is just staying within himself. You know, you, you know, Tommy has the ability to throw the ball, you know, 93, 94 miles an hour. Um, when, when he's at his best, he's pitching 89 to 91, and, and he's pitching and he's staying within himself. And, uh, you know, he was able to flip his breaking ball pretty much at will. Um, so that was, you know, for, for him, that, that's just really the, the key. Uh, and then Rich, again, when he's getting out front and he's getting good sync to his fastball, I mean, he had uh, both right and left-handed hitters just yeah. swinging over the top of, of his, his stuff. And I think he had two strikeouts. Again, it wasn't perfect uh, as there was a, a walk or two mixed in there, but he made pitches when he needed to, uh, which allowed us then to spread that, that uh, you know, the score and, and – um, you know, just, just again, Tommy going three innings right there. That that's that's how we'd like to um, you know to, to plan it out as, as far as when you're talking about guys closing games. It's not a, a like, like in the big leagues. It's usually one inning. We're looking to try to extend those. And then David Dunn, you mentioned him had a career day behind the plate with a triple two. You know, what has he shown you in the kind of the bottom part of the lineup and? Have you given any thought to moving him up, or obviously it's early in the season, he's also a first year? Yeah, you know, I, I think that's the thing we want to make sure. You, you know, you're always looking at, at the different types of arms. Uh, he, he did a great job just using the middle of the field, and he can really, really run, and he can change the game um, with, with his, you know, with, with his ability to run. Um, so, so that was that was fun to see. We we we've started to slide him up a little bit, um, and, and and so we'll see. You, you know, I I think that there's just there's so much to, to to say with experience and guys that have gone through it. Um, you know, guys like Alex Arrow who had a you know played every day for us, sitting in the three hole, hitting Jack Dunn in the two hole, Willie who's got a lot of college at bats. Um, you know, we just we that experience is is important, and we can protect. A little bit more in a guy like uh, like David Dunn. You know, moving on to, to game two, um, you guys took the lead in this one. Uh, Willie Bourbon, another home run. Mm. I mean, we keep asking about him. The power has really shown through this year. You know, it's getting to the point where how do you keep that consistent, you know, so it's not just a flash in the pan early in the season? Yeah, well, I, I think that the biggest thing, you know, at some point when all good, you know, I know Joe Hoshite last year went through this when, when you're just, you know, tearing the cover off the ball. At some point, you know, the opposition, the other teams are going to really start 
picking and choosing when they pitch to you, you know. Work some walks as well. Yes, yes. And so that's going to be important for for Willie. And then what what really is going to help that are are the guys that are sandwiched, you know, in in front and between is that if there's nowhere to put Willie, (laughs) it it makes it a little bit easier for him to go ahead and hit if, if, you know, so so I think those are going to be some of the keys. Kind of one of the best things about Joe Hoshe is that you had Matt Hoffner around him and Obviously, a guy you don't want to pitch to either. So it'll be interesting to see if he, he can kind of keep that going. You know, this game, they, they came back, and then it felt like you guys were also coming back. Second half of the game, though, maybe you couldn't get all the way there. You know, how do you feel about another close game for a team, a well-played one? Yeah, you know, it, it, there, there's just a couple really uh, at-bats that I look at and a couple, um, you know, missed opportunities on, on the mound where we, if we keep that game close, just like we did in the first game, you know, the, the, the pressure flips to, to Texas. You know, they're at home. They, they just lost Friday night. Uh, and, and credit to them. They, they spread the game when, when they needed to, and, and we couldn't get the stops um, you know that that we needed to, and and uh, so it, you, you look back and, and you're just kind of kicking ourselves a little bit because because that would have been um, fun to see if that game would have went into the seventh eighth inning um, a little bit closer, and then shoot even in in the ninth inning, you yeah, know, the top of the ninth, we had the tying run at the plate, you know, and with Jack Clay's had a great at bat, and um, so I, I think those are those were all positives, you know, on the weekend. Games three and four, obviously a little bit frustrating. They weren't very close either. But what what can you take from those to kind of learn from them against a good ball club? Well, you know, the the one is is you know we had some tougher conditions to play in, and we're, that's going to come up again this year. And so we have to be uh, mentally tougher to be able to go out and pitch and, and play through that through that. Um, yeah, and, and then again, it exposed our, our depth a little bit, you know, on the mound. And I, and I think we we do have enough depth. But we did not show that uh, the, the, yeah. this weekend, and, and so that that's just a little disappointing. Of, of I, I think the uh, the atmosphere, the moment, and, and the momentum got to a couple of our guys that got on the, on the mound there, and, and and then offensively knew. I I said, hey, we're gonna have to score ten runs on on Sunday, I should say, to win that ball game, and 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 that was the type of arm we 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 should have been able to do. The the the, the wind was blowing out, and so that was just a little disappointing to sure. um, offensively. You kind of two different areas. You're talking about the pitching. You've got the starters and then the relievers as well. Maybe we can start with with, with the rotation. Obviously, you've got your guys, and you're going to keep going with them. How, how do you kind of you know build consistency one and three? Especially keeping in mind a Big Ten series, you you got to have you know at least two guys you feel really confident if you want to win one of those. Yep. Yeah. And and we're we're going to make some adjustments. You know, we're we're going to look to to put. Um, Jack Pagliarini uh, is going to look to, to start. He's really shown well. Now again, it's it's, it's different, right? When when you're you're starting and and you're not just coming in facing um, you know short work, but I, I think Jack uh, can can handle it. Uh, and then again, we're, we're trying to build the back end uh, around those guys. Yeah. Um, so again, consistency from Tommy and Rich. Uh, is, is going to be key. You know, a guy like Tyler Lass, I mean, he gave us a chance to, to really come in and um, to come back in, in that, that uh, first Saturday game, game two. So, you know, all everyone really is going to be important. It gets whittled down to nine to ten pitchers, really, when, yeah. when you start looking at, uh, you know, conference play. And so, um, you know, if we can find those eight, nine, ten guys that are consistent, you know, we're going to have a chance. Yeah, you kind of addressed it, but talking about the bullpen, I know you're especially – Big on like pairing or grouping, you know, sets of guys for a Friday, a Saturday, a Sunday game. You know, 
kind of just that process. How are you? How are you getting the the back end of the bullpen in order? You know, thinking it's three weeks away. I think until we you face off against Illinois. Yeah. So you know, Tommy Rich, uh, Josh Levy have all kind of proven that that they can handle that. And so, like you said, it's going to be more about finding the 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 one maybe two other guys mm-hmm. that can fit in that pairing and and then uh, again you're looking at a three game you know set you know, ho- hopefully you know you can lean heavily on a bullpen on one of those games you're hoping you can Starters lean heavily on a starter one game and, and and then you you mix and match it that way um but i i think we have the um the 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 recipe uh, we, we just need the ingredients to make sure that they're they're, they're clicking and, and executing. You guys had Tuesday off, uh, UIC game canceled because of the weather. You know, what did your team just do with the extra day to, to keep working at it? You know, we actually we took Monday and Tuesday off. Uh, we, you know, I say we took it off. I, th- I think every one of the hitters was in there hitting. Sure. And, um, Monday was our official off day, and uh, you know, really we we talked a lot about making sure guys get their their house in order as far as the, the academics. Yeah. Uh, sometimes in my two years here, I've noticed that the 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 couple weeks before finals can actually be. A little bit crazier than than the actual finals week, and so we've really tried to give them this week um, with with the, the the games coming up on on Saturday and Sunday. You have just two uh, Saturday, Mac Murray, Sunday Judson. I guess I started from that kind of perspective. You know, reading week is the week after finals week is after that. Maybe that's why it's just two games. But you know, how do you get up for a series like that? Especially the opponent's not going to make you get up for it. You have to kind of bring the fire to to a, you know. You still got to respect them. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I think the good thing is, you know, we we played a fall game, you know, against um, Concordia, you know, and they 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 ended up beating us, you know. And so I I, I think one we use that experience of it's it's baseball, you know, yeah. and, and and anything can happen, and those kids are going to be pumped to play here. And, and, and you know, the other part of it is, is that, hey, we're just looking to, to play some good and consistent baseball. You know, if we were, you know, sitting with one loss or undefeated right now, I'd, I'd be worried. But I think our, our guys are going to go out because they want to look to really just dominate the game, not focus so much on, on the opponent. And, and again, we, I, I've done this long enough and, and, and my other coaches have done it long enough to, to just know you, you respect the game enough that anything can happen. So I don't think we're going to have any issue getting up to play. What are some players you're looking for to to kind of just step up again this weekend? Something I ask every week. Just who you looking for in these two games? Yeah, I, I think um, you know Connor Lind. I think it is, is he's taken some some better swings. Jack Clay's, I, I think, and and Jack Kelly. I, I think those are, are a couple guys that have the ability um, to to play and really talking more offensively. Um, I, I think those guys are gonna gonna get going. Um, you know, on the mound again, I, I, you just want to really see uh, uh, Tommy and Rich uh, continue to, uh, you know, do do what they 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 do. Uh, Ryan Bader, you know, first year is a guy that, that would really like. He's going to kind of be slid to the pen a little bit more, uh, but want to see him come out and, and have a little bit more success uh, on the mound. Um, yeah, and and then again, just continue to to fight to find that consistency. You guys back at home for the first time this season. Maybe not perfect weather in March, but you know what does it mean just to to finally open up Miller Park? It's going to be awesome. You know, I mean, if the if the forecast stays true, they're they're talking about the feels like is forty five. That's going to feel like eighty. You know, yeah. in, in in March and it's supposed to be a lot of sun. So I I think it's it's going to be fun. A lot of energy. Uh, our I think our guys. 
you know, I, I'm sure there's been an earlier home game, but but probably not a lot of you know this this may no, I, I need to talk to they Ray. Might have, might have had a midweek last year against UIC. Was it early earlier? March, okay, yeah. okay, yeah, I, I yeah. couldn't remember, but but it's going to be one of the yeah. you know earliest weekends, and 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 that's just it's going to be fun, you know, with that that opportunity to get out there and and uh, you know move around. Awesome. Thanks a lot, Coach. Good luck this weekend. Okay. Thanks a so lot.